Welcome to Mimir's Well, a Burning Hallows production. We are your hosts, Laura and Kitty. We are back for a brand new season of depth, darkness, and debauchery. Starting off season three, we're stepping through the dollhouse door and entering the magical and terrifying land of poppets. But before we play house, we'd like to remind our listeners to tune into our sister podcast, the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. You can also visit my website for tarot and numerology readings at alorarain.com. And don't forget to sign up on our Patreon for Book of Shadows pages that correspond to each of our episodes, get bloopers, and other awesome extras. Disclaimer, this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the practices mentioned are in no way sanctioned or recommended by the hosts. Be aware this episode may include content that is inappropriate for listeners under the age of 18. Listener discretion is advised. Because we might be going rated R, people. Just kidding. <laughs> rated R. Oh, rated you remember R, when that was like the- Scared, huh? I was going to say, remember when that was like the pinnacle of childhood when you were allowed to watch rated R movies? Oh my God. Of course. Yeah. Well, I walked in today and my son was watching some TV mature series and I'm like, Whoa, what is this? <laughs> there were two people getting a little hot and heavy on the screen. I'm like, hold up. Wait a second. How old is he now? Eight. He just saw, he thought it was something <laughs> to do with five night, five nights at Freddy's. If you know what that is. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of dolls and puppets. Right. And just turned it on. I'm like, yeah, just because it's got puppets or, you know, like whatever arcade dolls on it doesn't make it appropriate. <laughs> okay, right. then. So tell me, did you play with a lot of dolls when you were little? No. And I'll no. tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay. You're going to laugh. It's a, it's a hilarious anecdote in my family. So I... <laughs> I refused to play with dolls because they were not babies because babies don't have hair. Oh, why do I feel like I know this story? It is hilarious though. So I put like, I had a couple that were bald, <laughs> but mostly I carried around my Cupid doll. If you know what that is. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my doll baby. I mean, so yeah, you played with dolls then. But not like I didn't play with Cabbage Patch Kids or Barbies or any of that. The only thing I did with Barbies was rip their heads off and put them on my fingers to play Headbanger. Oh, my goodness. To 80s hairband music. Okay. Well, then, did you did it? Did these dolls or, or whatever they were, did they have any names? Nope. Nope. It's just my just my, my baby. You didn't call him like twisted sister or something. Ah, that's so funny. I just thought that same phrase when I was thinking about the headbangers. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. No, I didn't. I didn't. I definitely was a child who played with a lot of dolls. I don't know. I just always did baby dolls, Barbie dolls. I had a baby doll named Hannah that mm. I ended up giving to my daughter and she completely destroyed. <laughs> like mm. I think she colored in the belly button with like permanent oh marker. 
and it was just a hot mess. I ended up getting rid of it. I was like, okay, that didn't work out. Now I had a lot of dolls. That doesn't mean I played with them. (laughs) I got you. Like they sat on essentially my toy box Mm -hmm. in I guess it was like three rows deep just because people would give them to me, but I would just shove them up there and that's where they would live. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I always had a thing for dolls. I kind of still do. Maybe that's why we're doing this episode. Hey, look, I do have a handmade doll that my great grandmother made for me when I was, I don't know, like two. Mm -hmm. And it's, so it's a porcelain face and mm-hmm. head and then it's on a stand i put it on my ancestor altar and my my bonus babies they're afraid of it <laughs> and they, made me, they made me put it away because it creeps them out yeah because it's i mean it's old like yeah i mean 80 so it's a 40 year old doll <laughs> yes okay so I guess we get into it now. So if y'all haven't figured it out yet, this episode is all about poppets and dolls. So there's actually a long history behind dolls and or poppets. So first of all, let's talk about the terms and how, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, something that I've kind of formulated on my own. I do not find the words doll and poppet interchangeable specifically when it comes to magic. And here's why. So the word doll is theorized to have initially come from the word idol or be related to the word idol. Mm. So when we think about idol, you know, we say someone's my idol, you know, that you put them up on a pedestal, you really look up to them. But back in the day, an idol was also like a statue or a representative of a a deity or a spirit of some kind, right? Yeah. So the doll was in the image of someone or something that was held in high regard. The poppet is also related to the word puppet and is also meaning it was something that's controlled by strings, a doll or an image or a toy that's controlled by strings. So to me, when I think if I'm, if I'm thinking doll versus poppet, the doll has more power because it stands on its own, right? Poppet related to puppet means that it's being controlled. So just something to keep in mind. Okay. I have a question. I don't know if we're going to get to this later or not. Okay. So in terms of magic and magic use, what would be the difference between the two? Yeah, we're going to get to that later. Okay. I have a whole thing on that. Gotcha. So you know what the Venus of Willendorf is? Yes. Very familiar. I believe I have my timing right. It's the Venus of Willendorf, for those who don't know, you could Google it and see an image and I'll probably put it on the Book of Shadows page as well. So everyone can see, but essentially it's a small image of a woman, a, a small statue or a doll essentially. And it's a faceless doll, but it's, you know, very voluptuous, right? She has voluptuous breasts and mm. 
Anyway, she is believed to have been from about 25,000 years ago. Does that sound right to you? That sounds about right. Yeah. Give or take, you know, a few millennia. (laughs) Yeah. So it's funny though, when you look up like the history or the origins of the doll or poppet, she doesn't really come up, but to me, I was thinking, okay, what's the first image that we know of that was like made or like a, a, a statue of some kind that was made in human image that is essentially a doll. So this would be the oldest doll technically. Mm. There's all kinds of theories about the Venus of Willendorf from, yeah, I know they're in, it's interesting too. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say from doll poppet to goddess worship, fertility, idol, etc. Right. And I think when we're talking about dolls and, and, and in this regard, okay, let me start over. I want to say more or less that it's kind of, so dolls have multiple purposes, right? And I think I'm going to get into this a little bit later too, but dolls were not only used as toys back in the day, but before that, prior to that, they were more likely ritual items. And Mm -hmm. in addition, they were used in it for educational purposes. So Mm -hmm. some of the oldest dolls, like what we actually call a doll were the ritual paddle dolls from ancient Egypt, which were, I believe about 5,000 years ago. Have you ever seen these? No, I haven't. They're literally, it's a wooden paddle that's made to look like a doll. Like it has some kind of hair on the top of the head and very, you know, kind of rough features, but it's made to look like a doll, but it's a paddle. So I'm not really sure what they were doing with the paddle part, but supposedly they were used specifically in ritual. Hmm. You can kind of draw your own conclusions of that, but there might've been some naughty rituals going on there. I don't know, (laughs) but yeah, so that's interesting. So, okay. So kind of crossing between the doll or the poppet, what have you being a toy, but also a ritual item in ancient Greece and Rome, when a young woman got married, she would offer up her doll to the goddess as an off, like as an offering or as a symbol too of her transitioning from girl to woman. Mm. Yeah, I know. So I feel like while we today see dolls as just playthings, right? Just a, a toy for a child, probably before they were used in play, they were, they were used as a ritual image of either a person or what, what people thought their deities looked like. This is interesting too. I'm still stuck on the paddle dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Did you look them up? Yeah, I've Googled. Yeah. I've Googled. No, I'm, I'm sitting here reading. I didn't know. Apparently it's part of the cult of Hathor. Mm-hmm. Who was the but- goddess of love, right? Yeah, and apparently her priestesses had tattoos. Oh, that's cool. Of the paddle dolls. Oh, 
I didn't know that. See, I didn't read enough into the paddle doll thing, but that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave it alone now. (laughs) Well, now I'm thinking like Lupercalia, like whipping people to purify them and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, anyway. They was into some BDSM. Okay, let's just say That's exactly what I was thinking, but I'm glad you said it. This is Mimir as well. This is not OO. That is we true. We can say that here. That is true. We can. You're right. <laughs> we can. We can. So, so, I mean, I could go on and on about the ancient history of dolls and idols and statues and things, but basically fast forward to medieval times. And we just had a little chat about Jaquetta of Luxembourg in our otherworldly Oracle episode on the women of the war of the roses. Mm. And Alora was talking to us about how a poppet with broken arms was Mm. supposedly used as evidence to accuse her of witchcraft. Yes. There's a lot of witches that are accused during the witch trial times or during the burning times, whatever you want to call it, from middle ages through to the early modern era that the poppet is basically used as evidence that this woman or person was a witch. Which is complete shite because (laughs) who can't throw together a poppet? Yeah, exactly. You know I what I mean? Like, okay. it's like, okay, you could have just made that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I tend to think, and I think Doreen Valiente, not virtue, Doreen Valiente talks about how witches were, first of all, they're probably a lot smarter than that. And they wouldn't have made a poppet out of something like cloth back in the day. They might've chosen something that they could have easily destroyed if they knew Mm. that someone was searching for evidence. So things like wax or sticks, even that you could just throw into a fire and evidence is gone. Right. Or clay. Exactly. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah, I agree. It's actually in, now that I remember, it's actually in the Book of Shadows written by, and I know this is a controversial figure, but I'm going to say it, written by Gerald Gardner. He actually says when you construct poppets to make it out of wax or clay or something that can be thrown into the fire. Hmm. Well, look, in our day and age, though, so can cloth. I mean, it, it can always be thrown into the fire, but I don't think that we're under as much threat correct at the moment well we aren't but there are places in the world that are though actually Mm, true true yeah and you're right i mean cloth will catch on fire and burn but i think you know it's just about maybe the stuff that you're using inside and something that would melt or be disguised quickly Oh yeah. Cause the cloth yeah. is definitely not something you can rip up. Right. So you need something like if somebody's coming, you need something like clay where you can chuck that across, you know, across a field and right. it will shatter. Yeah. Or wax. You literally throw it into a fire and it, it's melt, you know, it's immediately yeah, right. melting. Yeah. Or even just put it in your hand to warm it up and you can form it into a ball. You know what I mean? hundred percent. 
But I mean, in all reality, you could get rid of a cloth pop it. So like when you think it through. <laughs> yeah, you could, but I'm just like, we're talking about ease of disposal, right? I know, so I know. Cloth would be the least easy True. To, to disguise or get rid of. No, I know. I'm just trying to imagine a scenario where like a witch hunter, like breaks down the door or like, or, you know, they're coming and you're like, okay, quick, like burn all the poppets. <laughs> I guess it depends on how much time you have. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So poppets are mentioned in the Salem witch trials. Bridget Bishop was actually accused of having a poppet during the witch trials. Yeah. And on and on. Actually, if you go to Salem and you visit the witch house museum, they have, I don't know if it's an actual poppet from the time period, but it's, it's, it's a very nicely done replica, at least, of a poppet from that time period. And mm. it's a little creepy, you know, and it is made of cloth. So what is your opinion of poppet magic in general? Is that something that you've done a lot? Define a lot? <laughs> I don't know. A handful of times, five times, 10 times. Yeah. So I've, I've definitely used poppets for sure. I, how do I put this? I have never had use for them for in, in a baneful sense. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. If, if it came down to it, but I have used puppet magic a lot as far as healing, as mm-hmm. far as weaving peace and harmony and those kinds of things into the home space. Yeah. Um, I love that. That's good. Yeah. So definitely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they can be used for benevolent or otherwise types of magic. Mm. I think a lot of people get this misconception of poppets and, and dolls that, that it's all negative or all, you know, used in attacks, I guess, but Mm. it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be that. And a lot of people use it for like what you said, like for healing purposes, to draw love, to draw friendship, to draw prosperity. <laughs> it, honestly, you could probably use it for any intention. Oh, you can. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. like anything, right? So your intention is the bottom line and what ingredients you choose to use with a poppet even down to how you sew the stitches and things like that. If you're making it from scratch puts more power into the doll for that particular intent. Right. So it's, you know, to me, it's just a physical form of a spell. Yes. And we're going to get a little bit more into that too. That you keep working. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But before we go too deep into the magical aspect of it, Let's go back and talk about the terrifying part of this, which is haunted <laughs> dolls. So Yeah, I'm not down. I'm not down with haunted dolls. <laughs> okay. I am a little macabre, I guess, or weird when it comes to this because I find it incredibly fascinating. And so first of all, let's talk about how a doll might become haunted because there's different ways, right? It's not just one thing. First of all, residual energy. 
this is one way a doll can be haunted in that let's say a little girl has a doll, right? And she goes through something traumatic or tragic or just in general has a lot of emotions and that energy is built up when she is holding on to her doll or she's, you know, she's playing with this doll. The doll is her friend essentially. And it takes on her emotions, her energetic vibrations. So in that way, a doll can become haunted by her, her emotions, kind of like a poltergeist type scenario. Mm -hmm. In addition, because the fact that dolls are, in the image of human beings, people theorize that it makes it much easier to become a vessel for different types of entities, including lower level entities, as well as human spirits. Mm, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously if I'm a spirit and I'm trying to attach to something, I'm probably going to go into something or attach to something that's more human, like say like a doll than, you know, like a freaking mug on the counter. Right. Hmm. Okay. And then another way in which they can be haunted is through thought form. So this is when a spirit is purposely conjured into the vessel by a magical practitioner. Hmm. And I mean, you could say this is a poppet as well, but I don't know. Like I said, I see poppets and dolls a little bit differently. Dolls kind of take on their own personality. And in my opinion, can be a little bit stronger in ways than a poppet because they're a little more sentient. Does that make sense? Like they, they can think on their own, especially if you're conjuring an intelligent spirit into a doll. Mm -hmm. You're with me. But why would you do that? Why not? No, I'm just sitting here thinking like, I don't know. I, mm, what would I conjure into a doll? I mean, some people use dolls or just different vessels to house their familiar spirits. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, oh, for example, I made a kitchen guardian poppet. Mm-hmm. And I asked the spirit of my house to use it as a vessel to watch over us in the kitchen and to protect the house. Well, that makes so, sense. So meaning the spirit can come and go. It's not like it has to be trapped in it. It just uses it as a vessel to, you know, manifest its presence essentially. You're right. So talking about haunted dolls, we know some of the more famous ones. Everyone's heard of Annabelle. Most people have. Have you? I yes, but I don't know why. Okay, so there's a popular horror movie franchise called Annabelle, first of all, that's based on an actual an actual doll, a haunted doll named Annabelle. Mm -hmm. And she also, I think she makes an appearance in the conjuring franchise, but I could be wrong about that. So anyway, there were these two psychic, well, it was a psychic medium and her husband, the Warrens. Have you heard of them? Yes. Ed and Lorraine. Well, they had yes. a doll named Annabelle that they housed in their home in like a glass case. It was actually a Raggedy Ann doll that 
was named Annabelle that supposedly caused its owners a lot of misfortune, we'll say, I think bad dreams and all that kind of thing. So she was supposedly very haunted. So the Warrens took her on to lock the spirit up basically and and keep everyone safe from it. So that's where the horror movies come, come in. And the Warrens are actually both passed away now. And so if you can believe us, Zach Baggins from that haunted show, I forget what it's called. Oh Lord. Is it ghosts or paranormal? I don't know. Ghost hunters. Ghost hunters. Thank you. I'm not a fan of the guy to be fully honest, but he supposedly has it in his museum now. So who knows? It isn't a museum. Correct. It is still locked up, supposedly. An occult museum. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The last research shows that it was at the in the Warrens Museum, but they've passed. They're they no longer run that museum. And so I asked, I asked my mom, who's the paranormal, like she's obsessed with all the paranormal. Uh-huh. She's the one that told me that's that Zach Baggins supposedly has her now. Oh, word on, on the paranormal street, y'all. Word on the paranormal <laughs> is in the conjuring, just confirming. Yeah. And there, there is an actual movie called Annabelle too, though. But yes, thank you for confirming that. Okay. Another haunted doll, Robert, the doll is actually housed in a museum in Key West. My daughter tried everything to get me to go there. And I was like, I'm not going to go see Robert, the doll. It's not happening. He is frightening. He there's a lot of stories about when he was made and this little boy, he was made for this little boy and basically came to life essentially. Like the little boy would see him running around the room and he would cause all this misfortune for this family. And, you know, I think they tried to get rid of it and the other person had problems. And anyway, he is in a museum and people will go there to see him. And the legend has it that you have to ask him for his permission to photograph him or like some misfortune will befall you. So people still do that to this day. They'll ask him, is it okay if I take your picture? And people that work there claim that they can see his head moving and stuff. It's really scary. (laughs) It'd be out. I know. So there's another doll supposedly in England that's haunted. Her name's Mandy. I don't know enough about her. Y'all can look her up. But I just wanted to address something real quick on eBay. There's a haunted dolls market. Okay. It's like a huge freaking thing. If you're interested, you can go on eBay and just type in haunted doll. There's like sellers out there now that are using this as like a, just a means to make money. I think, I don't believe that 90% of these dolls are actually haunted, but they use these tactics to sell the dolls. Like they tell this whole story and they say, oh, well, I use the EMF reader and it shows that this doll is haunted, blah, blah, blah. I don't think most of these dolls are haunted. I think it's actually more rare for a doll to be haunted than, than not, you mm. know, that's just my opinion. So first we determine our intention, which we've talked about. And I also, I also want to say for me, I'm deciding, is this a doll? Like, will it have its own kind of individual personality in essence, or is it a poppet? And I'm creating this for a specific purpose and controlling it completely. Does that make sense? Yes. And basically poppet magic works in the form of sympathetic magic. Mostly. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I think also, I was going to say also contagious magic as well, a little bit. Yeah, it could be. Because I'm just thinking like when you or when I have used like a healing poppet, like you, so the things that you stuff inside that poppet are all healing intended. Yeah. Right. So the, so the more, the more things that are healing oriented, I, I don't know if, I think it's both sympathetic and contagious. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, it, yeah. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, I am. I okay. agree with you. But sympathetic magic, when it comes to if you're targeting a specific person or yourself and you use personal effects, mm -hmm. right? If you're creating the poppet in a person's image of whether it be yourself or someone else, mm. that would be the sympathetic aspect. Right? Yep. Okay, thanks. <laughs> And then if you're creating a vessel specifically for a spirit, like what we've been talking about, you're obviously going to want to choose things to align with that intention too. So things that the spirit might like, or make it feel more comfortable, any herbs yep. or items that might just be in, in alignment with, if it's your, your familiar, like does your familiar, like lavender, you know, it could be anything. We also talked about different materials that you can use. Literally, you could use anything to make a doll that you wanted to, but fabric, you could use new fabric. You could use old fabric from like old clothing, old t-shirts. I've used an apron, mm. a vintage apron that I cut up and, and made into a poppet using a cookie cutter too. And you can use wax, clay, sticks, stones, like literally anything, potatoes, people... <laughs> Make potato poppets. I would recommend dryer lint. Yeah, I was going to say, That's I wanted stuffing. to bring that up. You had mentioned that a while back. Yeah, because look, if you're, especially if you are making a poppet for like family protection mm -hmm. or anything family oriented, dryer lint is an easy way to collect something from everyone in the house. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. And then of course, because it's lint, you get a nice stuffing with it. I love that. That's a great idea. And you're yeah. recycling and reusing, right? Yes. Definitely. So if I if have, I have entire bags of lint. Oh, yeah. I have <laughs> my, a little tin on the side of my dryer. Yeah. And my bonus kids are like, why do you collect all that? I'm like, none of your business. That's, that's cute. I love it. So if you're using fabric, obviously you have to have some kind of stuffing to go in there. So cotton lint, as Alora just said, you could also use hair. Mm. Also remnants of fabric or remnants of yarn thread, anything that you can stuff in the friggin' butt of the pop, it will work right. Herbs. Yeah. Okay. In addition to creating your poppet, you want to feed the poppet to increase the energy. So for example, as an, you know, you can offer something to it. If there's a spirit inside, you can sing to it. You can hold it in your arms and pray over it. You can help me out here. What else you got? Anything? 
<laughs> music. Yeah. Definitely. But I mostly just use oils. I was going to say oils, but I didn't. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I don't use oils on poppets. I use it on other things, but does you don't feel like that ruins the fabric or anything? Mm. I guess depending on the oil, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends, but also like, it also depends too, if you sew the whole thing shut or if you leave an opening, because generally true the oil goes on the in internal correct good stuff. point very good point yeah so if you need to be putting think more inside feeding more inside then you would want to leave a little little slit open yeah or <laughs> do some velcro or something or a button a or a button snap or something yeah i don't yeah. know i've only ever closed mine up but that's a that is a valid point you bring up hmm I know sometimes I have good ideas. They're, they're few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So after that and your, whatever your intention was, is manifested. Obviously you're going to want to properly dispose of the doll. If that is what you want to do. I mean, sometimes you wouldn't dispose of the doll. It just depends on the intention, right? If it's a doll, yep and it's meant to watch over your child, then obviously you don't want to dispose of it ever. <laughs> right. But I mean, if you're using a poppet that's meant to bind someone from doing harm and then, you know, it's run its course, we're no longer worried about this being a threat or what have you, then, then it's time to think about how, what you want to do with a doll. Laura, do you want to talk a little bit about voodoo dolls? Well, I, I just have a question. And I think that you can clarify this. Okay. So sometimes in our modern world, our modern day, we get a little testy about poppets and dolls mm -hmm. and gatekeeping and all those wonderful things. Oh boy. Okay. So my question to you is, are you, is using poppets and dolls a closed practice? No. <laughs> okay. Can you explain a bit about why? Okay. So when most people think of magic having to do with dolls or poppets, the image of the voodoo doll comes into play. Yes. Pops into pretty much everyone's minds because that's what Hollywood has presented to us over the years. Yes. Thank that you. it only has to do with voodoo and that, you know, it's only used for harm, you know, the image of a doll with the pin sticking out of it and the stitched face and all that. While I'm not saying that that's not a real thing or that voodoo, hoodoo, you know, I'm not saying they don't use dolls because I'm sure they do. That aspect, maybe how they're creating it and what they're using, what they're saying, all that, that part is probably a closed practice, right? We could say it's closed. However, the use of dolls or poppets in general and pretty much anyone's practice is not a closed practice because they've been used for ritual purposes in every culture all around the world for, you know, thousands of years. Since the beginning of time immemorial. <laughs> 
Yes. And as we discussed in this episode, I mean, whether these accused witches in the medieval times actually use those puppets or not, the idea came from somewhere. And we do have evidence that magical practitioners used puppets and dolls for, for magical purposes, basically. I mean, even in Rome, now that I'm thinking about it, and in Germany, we have thermal springs that were ruled over by specific deities, healing deities, and people would go to those springs and throw in an image of themselves, like in a doll size, right? They would throw that image into the thermal springs of themselves in order to ask that deity to heal them. I mean, and that was in Germany, you know? So, you know, we have evidence of it all over the place. So no, it's not close practice. Okay. I just wanted to clarify (laughs) that just in case anybody's out there listening and not basically pigeonholing what we're saying and thinking that we are appropriating from a culture and it's a close practice and et cetera, et cetera. It is not. No, no. Like I said, if you're, if you're, you know, saying words that they might use in in the voodoo practice and using ingredients that they might use and appropriating things in that way, then yeah. But in general, making puppets and dolls of your own with your own intentions and ingredients and things is not closed. Okay. Okay. So what about doll houses? Okay. This is like, it's a modern thing, I think, but I've seen a lot of people creating like witches doll houses on social mm-hmm. media. You can find it on Instagram, Pinterest, all that kind of stuff. But the idea is what if you created your own little doll house to house multiple spirits? I feel like maybe not all those spirits would get along. Well, I mean, like you, you gotta be. I don't know. You got to be careful. <laughs> Come on. People need to fuck around and find out sometimes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to learn if you don't fuck around. You won't find out. Well, yeah. <laughs> Listen, people, obviously create your dollhouses responsibly. All right. Oh man. That's a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next design. Yeah. Friends don't let friends create dollhouses irresponsibly. (laughs) Exactly. No, but for real, like all that aside, it is a fun project or craft to do with a kid. Like if, if you have a girl that's really into dollhouses or even like a teen girl, who's just into making things and being crafty. Seems really fun to me. You can take craft kits for dollhouses and completely like witchify them. You know, one thing I have seen with dolls that, and this is fairly recently that I've seen happening that I think is really cool that I'm like actually toying with the idea of doing it myself is there I've seen witches who are sourcing old dolls like mm-hmm. for example like the american girl dolls mm-hmm. and then they are turning them into goddess 
statues, for lack of a better. Oh, that's crazy! I haven't seen that. Yeah, so they're turning like I've seen a, an American Girl doll turned into breed, for example. What? That's yeah. crazy. I can't even picture that, but I believe you. <laughs> so I'll actually, she's on my Facebook. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but huh. if I find it, I will send it to you because I was like, oh, that's a, that's a pretty good idea. Interesting. Like as in new and different ways to venerate your deity. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I like it. Yeah, I, I, like it. I have three dolls that were my great grandmothers Mm. and they're all porcelain face and one is really old it looks like it's at least 100 years old and but mainly I just associate them with ancestral work but that's interesting to to take something and upcycle it and reuse it in that way I love I love the creativity in witchcraft too because you can literally take anything and make it something else you know for your magical purposes. I love that. I know. I love so it. So exciting. No. All right. Well, this has been illuminating. <laughs> terrifying. In the, yeah. And, and a bit terrifying. Just quickly, I Googled, what, what was that? Robert the doll? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's labeled the world's most terrifying doll. Yeah. He's, he's, it's creepy. My daughter was like, come on, nothing will happen. I'm like, I ain't doing it. That's where I draw the line. (laughs) I would have been like, listen, Zach. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Should we wrap it up? We should. Okay. We'd like to thank our listeners for joining us for this first episode of season three and Mimi as well. Hit the subscribe button and the bell to be notified of future shows Don't forget, you can reach us anytime to share feedback, show ideas, or ask questions by emailing us at burninghallowsproductions, all one word, at gmail.com, or going to Patreon forward slash burninghallows and signing up. And remember, despite our sweet reputations, we really have the hearts of men on our altars that we keep in jars.